This is RJ O'Connell of the Motorsport 101 podcast. Um, I wanted to start off this show by just saying a few words about what happened this past Sunday in Las Vegas, where we had we had the worst shoot, mass shooting in the United States history. About 16 months after we had the last worst shooting in American history, at least at least 58 people are dead. Hundreds more are injured. Um, we can safely say that this was, this is nothing short of, it's not even tragedy. It is terrorism in its most evil form. And, you know, I, I want to say, I want to say first and foremost that, you know, obviously our sincerest condolences go out to everybody whose families have been affected by this. And I also want to make a point that, you know, um, this has become all too common a sight to see within the last decade just alone um and i kind of feel like we are at a point where you know i think we're at a point where we realize that you know as as nice as thoughts and prayers are it means nothing without actual action to put behind it i'll get off my soapbox and i hope that by listening to this podcast you know we can bring some joy into your lives because things aren't great right now but hopefully just by giving us a listen for the next couple hours, um, put a little bit of normalcy and a little bit of joy back in your lives. Anyway, I will uh, we'll kindly hand this floor over to the rest of our podcast, and we'll get on with the show. Now, I just want to make one quick recommendation. If you want to do something, you can always, if you live in the Nevada era, you can always give blood. And if you live in the United States, you could always contact your representative at house.gov slash representative slash find. You just put in your zip code, and it'll give you all the contact information to contact your congressional representative. Thank you, Ryan King. So, yeah, do all of those things, and please enjoy the show. Thanks for that, RJ. Um, I, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing I, could have, I could have really added there that would have summed up any better than RJ did on that one. Um, and yeah, all I will say on top of that is, you know, thoughts and prayers. Are, I mean, I will never criticise positive energy and support for anything, but at the same time, I think it's getting to, I think we've already passed the point where I think it's time to act. And, you know, do if you can help, please do. I'm Andre Harrison, you probably already knew that. Welcome to episode 106 of the Motorsport 101 podcast. Um, we've already introduced RJ and Ryan King to the show, you, you know the drill by now. Um, again, it, it, it's, it's difficult to, to, to do any sort of broadcasting where, you know, you know it's, let's be real here, I know the people that do say stick to sports say, hey, sometimes sports are a pleasant distraction. Yeah, I kind of disagree here today, but hey, we will make the best of this because hey, I have two great pals who are going to probably rip the shit out of me for Ferrari's awful weekend in Malaysia, kind of, sort of, mostly. So hey, have fun at my expense for the next couple of hours, you'll probably really enjoy it. Well, at least I hope so anyway. Places you can find us real quick, um, we are on motorsport101.net, of course, on our website. We are on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, facebook.com forward slash motorsport101, on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101, and if you'd like to follow us personally on Twitter, we are at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, that's with two Ks, and at RJ O'Connell. So, 
without further ado, let's get into the Malaysian Grand Prix. Someone who nicknamed a certain Dutchman the Bandit is going to be very smug this weekend. Um, I'm, look, I, I don't even have time to be smug about this because, like, I mean, this was this was actually would would we not agree that this is like unlike the first time that he won a race where you could obviously say, yeah, he got he got a very um, he got a very sizable gift that was uh, gift wrap uh, shipped overnight via Amazon Prime. Um, came with a with a lovely personalized note. Said thank you. Um, no, RJ. Uh, uh, in terms of luck, that was like John Cena versus Roman Reigns, where Cena basically threw a small planet at him in terms of luck and still found the way to win. <laughs> Let's call this what it is. <laughs> but yeah, I do I I do completely agree. This was like this. This, this was the best I've ever seen Max Verstappen drive an F1 car. This was incredible. Like, I know Red Bull looked strong in practice, but I think when we watch F1 these days, we're always a little bit skeptical of Mercedes in practice because they always seem to come alive in qualifying. And yeah, to be fair, they did again by Lewis yeah, Hamilton. They, uh, they just decided to, you know, phone it in on Friday. You know, that, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, Lewis Hamilton, you know, had his 70th career pole position as well, narrowly pipping Kimi Räikkönen into the post. Why did you lock up on the final corner, for God's <laughs> sake? Kimi, this is exactly the kind of thing you're meant to help us out with here, but no. S- sorry, sorry. I'm just, I'm hey, just where, did, just... Uh, where, did, where did Sebastian Vettel qualify in this race? Hmm. <laughs> I'm looking through mm. it here. It didn't look like he qualified in the top ten. That's that's not good. Maybe qualified in the middle. Oh, no, no, yeah. he, he was last. He was the only driver that didn't set a time. Turbo failure in in in, in Q1, and that was kind of a double up after his engine failed in FP3 that same morning. That was just like, why, why, why is it that Ferrari? Like, Ferrari don't like nice things. Ferrari are the reason we can't have nice things. This was looking like it was going to be a Ferrari weekend. They looked, on paper, like they had the fastest car here this weekend. And, of course, their lead driver suffers an engine failure twice on Saturday. But then I thought, hey, hey, okay. Vettel's going to take a fresh engine. That's a free engine for later in the year. That's a, that, that can be pretty good because Mercs are in engine difficulty right now. That's okay. We have the best car in the field. Maybe we can get into the top five. It might not be so bad, especially if Red Bull's pretty good. And hey, Kimi Raikkonen's on the front row. This is setting up quite nicely to take some points off Lewis. And then what happens? Ten minutes before the race starts, Raikkonen's yanked off the grid with an engine failure of his own. Because of course, King, it's a what? Ferrari. It's a shit box. <laughs> oh my god! All these resources, and they make a piece of crap like this. Eh. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is the story of the team from Marinella, where it seems like they have all the resources at hand to build a title contender each and every year, yet they can't. You know what, King? I'm, I'm saying it right here on the podcast. I'm throwing in the towel. Like, I have thrown my Ferrari shirt into the middle of the ring... Like, uh, my, my mental health has taken too much damage to watching this team this year. I'm tapping he did, out. He did this in Singapore, mind you. Yeah. And this wasn't even that bad of a race because I had this feeling like, okay, Vettel's done this before. He did this in Abu Dhabi where he just drove at warp speed and still got a podium out of this. So I'm thinking, yeah, this this going to happen again. It, it almost came true. If not for, for a Pruitt... For a, for a signature Pruitt fade from Daniel Ricciardo. You mean Daniel Ricciardo, who weaved like five times on the home straight when Seb was coming and nobody even called him out for it. Okay. Like, like, are we just like, are we just completely ignoring the rules on defensive driving? Did Kevin Magnussen set that shit on fire this season and now it no longer exists? Is, is that it? Yeah, <laughs> Listen, pretty much. I, I know I'm partially salty about this because Vettel was a victim of this. But what the hell was Daniel Ricciardo doing on that on that straight? Like I'm just gonna weave. If you, no, if you no longer close off the gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. That was a quote from uh, from Theodore Roosevelt, <laughs> 1947, <laughs> uh, when he won the NASCAR Strictly Stock title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh golly! No, this yeah. was this was genuinely like surprising to see how much Max Verstappen was able to reel in Lewis Hamilton after the first few laps because I think the general feeling was like, well, Hamilton gets away from this with the lead. This race is over and, oh, hi, Mats. Wow, you're fast. Oh, you're you're gone already and you're checking out of here. Huh. Wow, yeah, then. Is, yeah, normally because when Lewis Hamilton leads the race, it's pretty much automatically over at that point. Like... <laughs> yeah, this was like Lance Verstappen pretty much won this race by the best part of a dozen seconds, and I can't remember the last time Red Bulls looked that dominant in a Grand Prix. We'll probably have to go back to 2013 for the last time they looked that solid in a car. And not to mention even that, the simple fact that Max completely curb stomped his teammate as well. Because on paper, like Ricardo probably should have beaten Hamilton on Sunday, and that didn't happen either. So. Either Hamilton was masking a very bad Mercedes car, or Verstappen was just this much quicker than everybody else. Or both. I don't know. Or both. (laughs) It's interesting because, like, Ricardo was 20-plus seconds down the road, and I was just sitting there just going, okay, this might be like... like, I'm not a Max Verstappen fan at all but I will openly admit he absolutely deserved a win like this this season because the man has been riddled with wretched luck all year long buddy yeah yeah it's it's uh it's it's not it's not been surprising to see prodigious young talents taken early at from a Grand Prix in the most haphazard of conditions hi John Henderson how you doing um, mm. Mats Verstappen has just been so unlucky, but this race was kind of a, this race was kind of like what you would expect, what we had all hoped to see out of Mats Verstappen as he got more experience and more maturity under his belt. You know, it'll still come with time and years and experience because, you know, he says a lot of things that rub people the wrong way. He drives a, a way that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, that will mellow out with time. 
And I think this is the start of maybe Max Verstappen turning the corner as a driver, becoming someone who's become a very polished product. And, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, he just turned 20 this past weekend. He is only going to have upside from here unless his career suddenly fizzles out like his father's did at a very early age. Yeah, it's... It, it, there's no other way of saying that was an incredibly impressive performance, and it's easy to forget that Kai has got he's got the youngest two race wins in Formula One history now. This one being twenty years and a day, um, he, he, that was incredible. And whew, man, like I said, like Verstappen's been super unlucky all year long. I've I've said on Twitter for some time. I think he's on Ricardo's level, if not been a little bit better this season, but. Unfortunately, as no Daniel Ricciardo fan would ever really want to admit, like Daniel Ricciardo was kind of feasted on the week this season, and the results kind of show for it. I mean, Daniel Ricciardo has eight podium finishes this season, and Red Bull has the third best car. That takes some doing on paper, and a lot of them have come as a direct result of other related shenanigans between Ferrari and Mercedes this season, whereas Max, who could have easily benefited from those same scenarios, has had most likely a blown engine of some capacity or some variety in there. Um, and as a result, Ricardo's kind of directly benefited from all these results. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, you look at the Drivers' Championship right now, Ricardo has got a 39-point advantage on Kimi Raikkonen right now, which kind of says it all mm. this year. That um, Ferrari, who on paper might have the best car in the sport, has a guy that's a race and a half behind Daniel Ricciardo in the third best car in the field. Yeah, the only way you slice it, Max's, Max's season's been pretty much a write-off in terms of competition. Um, but yeah, like I'm glad he's had his moment for the year because he's been more than deserving of one. Um, I want to talk about Lewis Hamilton for a bit. Forgive me. Ugh, internet. <laughs> You know, you know, a ve you know, a vegan driver has never finished off the podium in Formula One. Shut up! Shut the fuck! <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's, a it's a different story in IndyCar, though. No, no, yeah, yeah, we don't we don't talk about that anymore. But Lewis Hamilton finishes second, King, and kind of a, a, a nothing burger race for Lewis on this one. Like had the measure of Daniel Ricciardo, but you know was nowhere near Verstappen in terms of ultimate pace this time round, and. Like, Hamilton was pretty candid post-race in saying that, you know, the car apparently has got a lot of issues. Now, I don't know if this is classic Mercedes smokescreen and about their car's performance, but I've not seen Lewis Hamilton be that concerned about his Mercedes since he joined the team in 2013, and that, that certainly raised an eyebrow at me. What did you think? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm a bit on the fence, because before his comments, I just assumed that he he was playing for the championship, that he wasn't giving 110%, or maybe he wasn't pushing the car to 110% to avoid mm. what happened last year. Maybe that could be the issues with the car, that he, he couldn't give it 110% because he didn't want to risk there being any issues. Mm-hmm. But, like... Again, like Lewis is out here pretty much saying, yeah, the car's got major problems. And, well, if you're losing a race that comprehensively to a Red Bull, I also would raise an eyebrow because that's not happened this year pretty much all yeah. the way through. And, again, That's like, 
we, we know it's not an outright speed issue because he did qualify on pole. Right. It's a race pace thing. So it's something to do with, with race trim and heavy fuel in this car that it just, it just did not perform. And it makes it even weirder, King, because, right, two weeks ago we had Singapore, a race where Red Bull is meant to be really strong on paper. And in the dry and in the wet, Merckx was comprehensively better than Red Bull. Yeah. Okay, maybe not so much in qualifying, but in race trim, in the wreck, Hamilton destroyed Ricardo, and in the dry, they were pretty much level pegging after the safety car. So, two weeks later, we go to Malaysia, which Red Bull traditionally have not been strong around in the hybrid era, and now it's the other way around. Red Bull has clean clocked Mercedes. This is weird. Like. Is, is, is there something going on in this Merckx team that I don't know about? Because this is just bizarre. Like, I did not think that Red Bull would be so comprehensive. I mean, King, what's up with your mans? Like, Val was 57 seconds off the win. Yeah, I was about to say, if you wanted evidence of how just off Mercedes looked, go look at Valtteri Bottas finishing a distant fifth. Distant. and yes. Almost a minute off the win. The last man on the on the lead lap. Oh no, second to last, and we'll talk about we'll talk about the man who was actually last in the lead lap because he 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 had an interesting weekend. Mm. More on that in a minute. But King, what's up with your man's? I don't know what's up with Votas. Maybe he just doesn't have the wet weather pace. Maybe he's you know easing back into his position since he got his contract for next year. Like I don't know. It, it, it's weird because. Like, this is the second weekend in a row now that that Val has looked subpar. Where I was like, in qualifying, he was out-qualified by five temps this weekend. In Singapore, he was out-qualified by seven temps, which is a comprehensive whooping, no matter which way you slice it. And now in the race, he's finishing 30-plus seconds behind his teammate. Like, that's not good. No. At all. Um... Summer Botas, Summer Botas, happened so fast. No kidding. Oh summer Botas, now he's not so fast. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Chris. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I, I wrote a blog about this race on the website this past week, which you can check out on motorsport101.net, but I said, like, I said... King, it's time to it, it's time to end the Valtteri Bottas title chase experiment. Like, oh yeah, this is over. His his chance of titles long gone. Yeah, like like we're done here. It's all in on Lewis Hamilton to seal the deal. Like Val could accidentally take points off the table. We can't have this anymore. Like, sorry Val, it's been fun, but back to the accidental number two role for you, sir. Yeah, um, unless unless like Lewis gets a DNF and he wins a race in the same weekend, it's over. Yeah, like, the Val dream was fun while it lasted. Austria was fun times indeed. Well, not for me, but fun times indeed. <laughs> it's like the, 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 the note of, ooh, he's only 34 points off the top now. Hmm. Thinking emoji. <laughs> no, we're done here. We're done, Val. Like, that that was not good. When you combine that with the, you know, the, the one-year extension, and it's like... I mentioned this on Twitter during the race itself. Nothing to me in sports says vote of no confidence like the one-year extension. I mean, like, in F1, the one-year extension is like the box standard contract to guys they don't want to keep long-term. Exactly. And, 
it, it, it is a team telling you you're basically leverage for next year. Like, if, if something better comes along, we're probably getting rid of you. And, um, yeah, Val, like, you, you may need to step your game up a little bit, my friend, because, um, you know, Esteban's looking quite nice in the background there. And, you know, the rumours about them making an all-in play for Verstappen is not going away anytime soon. Um, so... Val, hot seat. Just saying, like, you know, having two wins to Lewis's sevens and, you know, not a good look. I'm just throwing that out there. But, you know. I'm not, I'm Val- not saying that Valtteri's seat is warm. It's kind of lukewarm at this point. But would he have better luck? It's, would he have a hotter seat if he was, let's say, a college football coach king? Uh, Yeah, like there would be talks about whether he'd be showing up in Austin next Saturday. Well, I mean, in two Saturdays. How much is Botas's buyout? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine that being paid to not go to work. That's like my idea of a dream right there. That's um, yeah, not a, a not-so-good weekend for Val. Um, we talked a little bit about Seb's performance in fourth, and me personally, I'm delighted with fourth. Like, I will, like, if, if, if he was starting from the back and somebody offered me fourth place, I would bite your arm off. I will gladly take that, especially given Lewis didn't win. So that, you know, we, like, Seb only lost six points, which, in the context of things, isn't half bad, really. Yeah, it's salvageable. Um, it's salvageable. But it's let's not 25 do, points. It's, let's do the math here. There's five races to go in this season. It's Suzuka this weekend. And, you know, it, there's five races to go this season. It's a 34-point difference now between Seb and Lewis. First to second swing, because, you know, those two have traded the most top two finishes this season long. Five times seven is 35. Am so I crazy pretty, for yeah. thinking... Am I thinking crazy for thinking that Seb pretty much has to run the table from here to win the title? Yeah, no, that's you're, not, you're not crazy for thinking about that. The question is, will it actually happen? I'm thinking he's got to run the table. And yeah, that's, that's, that's the only guaranteed way. That's his only guaranteed path to the championship. He's not winning five in a row, King. It's not happening. You've got a better chance of me scoring a date with Miller Kunis than Seb winning five straight. Like, it's how not sure, happening. How sure can we be that uh, that Lewis has a 100% finish rate from now to the end of the season? Pretty strong. Pretty strong. Because if, if, if they're nervous about it, they can have Lewis take a 10-place penalty and fix some engine bits. Yeah, that's, that is they've, also true. They've... They've got. They've probably got enough in hand where they can say, "Yeah, we'll take Lewis starting a race from P11 or from the back." If they know that Lewis is a strong enough Grand Prix where he can make his way up to maybe a top five, like Seb did this weekend, they can they can take one of those at this point. So, you know, <sighs> yeah, you uh, I, you're basically going to have for something to happen. Something weird has to happen in like Japan, America. Or probably Brazil, because we know it's probably not going to happen in Abu Dhabi. Nothing no. weird happens there unless, except when it does. Um, y'all, traditionally though, Sebastian Vettel does have a pretty good track record in Japan. He has four wins here. That's the most of any non-Schumacher driver that's ever run the race at Suzuka. It's, it's, it's his favorite circuit. He loves Suzuka. He, 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 he loves the place. Um, finished second last year. Um, well, nearly finished second last year, but it's it's one of those things where it could rain. 
because Suzuka's that sort of climate, it's very unpredictable weather-wise. But it's seeming likely that Seb's going to probably take a five-place grid penalty for that race to replace a broken gearbox. Now, you probably already know why that is, but (laughs) (laughs) post-race... This is the best image. This is... is, is, I can't... I can't believe I'm even saying this right now, but after the flag, Lewis, sorry, sorry, um, Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel collide, and it wrecks the back of Vettel's car altogether. I, I don't even know what to tell you at this point. I just, I despair. Like Lance, what were you doing, Canadian son? He is no longer anybody's Canadian son. If 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 Charles Regimble is out here listening to this show, he is no longer your son. I, 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 I forbid <laughs> He's this. no longer your son. Like, he, he is the Jason Jordan of racing sons. He, he, he is not my son. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, hashtag not my son. But um, <laughs> I can't be having this. Um, no, Lance not looking where he was going. Seb comes around the outside of him. They collide, completely mangles the back of Seb's car. But we did lead us to an entertaining return of the car driver lift as Pascal Verline gave Seb a lift back to the pits. That must have been his way of saying thank you for giving him those chicken nuggets when he was in hospital earlier this year during the race of champions when they were teammates. <laughs> <laughs> that that was Pascal doing his mans a solid. Good for him. <laughs> so Pascal, um Pascal had a pretty decent race. I mean, it wasn't a scoring effort, but it was still pretty decent, all things considered. Yeah, he's in a sour that had basically no hope of competing, um, but his race prep was still solid. He had the tenth fastest lap, and hey, he gets the he gets the pub of being the uh, the post race uh, sa uber. Sauber. Sigh. Got gotta get that gotta get that camera time when you're a backmarker team. Got to get that camera time when you're no longer allowed to trade in London. Um, <laughs> suck it, Uber. <laughs> Topical joke. Um, but yeah, uh, good for Pascal. I mean, people, the, the rumors persist about, you know, a Giovinazzi, um, Leclerc, Dream Team, Salva of 2018. And I just sit there in the background going, you do realize that car is still dog shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to love the guys in the car, but you're going to hate the car. <laughs> It's like, you, like I, I, I love Charles Leclerc and Antonio Giovinazzi's talent as much as the next guy, but it's hard to be excited about a string of 17th place finishes. Like, I, I just can't do it, King. I can't get there. Yeah. Well, they're going to be like, he's in Formula 1, right? He's in Formula 1. Excitement. Got, meritocracy. All that gotta, fun stuff. Gotta, gotta have the, uh, the, uh, the 84 center road to Formula 1 greatness. Just, <laughs> just start off with a back marker. It's the rookie Alonzo route to success. We, we have to do the Tolman stint. We have to get the Tolman phase out of the way. You know, do the, well, get the achievement. Start your career with Tolman. Get twenty. Get twenty G on your at spot slide profile. <laughs> get twenty G. <laughs> Sign a contract with Salba. Brackets. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> you get a little. Get a little notification. Are you sure about this? <laughs> like. Hash, like you know, an Xbox Live where you get like the diamond for like rare achievement unlocked. <laughs> the comment says, "The comment says 
Sign a contract with Salba. Like, brackets. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> also, also, this uh, Vettel stroll melee, in the midst of being, like, ridiculously shocking, also gave us the greatest image of Vettel walking <laughs> away from his busted car and the graphic props up. So that Sebastian Vettel was voted driver of the day, as he should have been. But if you take this out of context, if you remove the context of what had happened in the last 56 laps of the race, that's even more hysterical. RJ, 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 like, like, it just leads up to the obvious joke of he drove the wheels off it. Hey! Hey. Dap. Y'all, y'all, Sergio Perez finished sixth and on the lead lap, having having spent. He was feeling well. He was not feeling well at all. Like, apparently, he had to receive an IV after the race. Before and after, apparently. Was like, oh. He was not. He was not in good health. Let's put it that way. And it was like we'll quickly get back to Sergio, but like it was not easy drive out there for other drivers like Pierre Gasly didn't have any drinks bottle during the race which is like again of all the races to not have access to any liquids this is not the race you don't want to have any liquids wait 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 who didn't have a drinks bottle uh Pierre Gasly oh, oh shit God. we have a new name we have a new name in the sport Pierre Gasly made his F1 debut to this weekend <laughs> Oh, that's that's definitely a no-no for your first race. You're like, maybe I'm rethinking this Formula One thing, guys. R- rookie mistake, Pierre. Bring the drinks bottle along. Like Malaysia is fumid as all hell. Um, yeah, Pierre Gasly made his Formula One debut after the shock slash not so shocking announcement of Daniel Kvyat being benched again. <laughs> Which of course led to the, which of course led to the interesting stat of the weekend that every time Dana Viet has been demoted, Matt Verstappen has won a race. I'm going to fight you, RJ. I'm going to fight you on the side <laughs> of the street. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, Kvyat, um, he's. It seems like he's taking the pine. I think he'll be back next year when Carlos. Oh, Sainz I, I, th- is I think he'll be. To... I think he'll be back before the year is out. Yeah, really. Because, yeah, because um, Pierre Gasly has only one race that clashes with his current commitments in Super Formula, and that's the last race of the season with the uh, with the USGP in Austin. Yikes. So, like, are they just gonna just completely, like, mangle Daniel Kvyat's racing career at this point? It's <laughs> yes, like... yes. Well, to, to be fair, I think that shit may have already sailed, to be fair, but yeah, it's... This kind of sailed around Barcelona 2016. Yeah, it's... It, it's hard not to feel a little bit bad for um, Daniel Kvyat. I mean, okay, the criticism that he has had um, has been fair. I mean, there's no nice way of saying that you have four points in your team while Carlos Sainz has 36. Um, it's it's a hefty case of beat him down um, where, that, where that's concerned for Kvyat. And he, I think it's fair to say he's not really shown the same class that got him the Red Bull seat in the first place. 
And that's a shame because, like, again, we saw his talent last year or the year before, I should say, where he really shined for Red Bull, got their last podium, outpointed Daniel Ricciardo in 2015. And yet here we are, um, Kvyat, you know, hanging on to his F1 career by a thread. Pierre Gasly being the exciting, you know, you know, young new Frenchman coming in. Um, King, I mean, we have to we have to do another post mortem here, but uh, it sucks, doesn't it? I mean, on a basic human level, it's is this like crummy. the second post mortem we've had for Daniel Kvyat during the show's run? Two, two. <laughs> I feel bad for this kid. Like, I felt bad for Jody and Palmer finding out he lost his job via bloody autosport loss. We didn't even talk about that. And I was like, I was like. Yep, now he's just left to twist in the wind. The, the, the gust of windy blamed for his spin during the race. <laughs> Jolian, like, why do you make me look stupid, Jolian? When, like, I'm trying to bat for you here. Like, and even, like. You, you disrespect that too. You're like, like, why? <laughs> why do you do this to me, Jolian? Why do no. you make me look stupid? <laughs> yeah, Jolian Palmer is looking at IndyCar as a fallback option, which you know that's fair. You know, who isn't these days? <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking like, gusts of wind are bad to drive through. You know, I've done this at pedestrian speed, and it's kind of hard to have a handle on the car. Um, you're doing it at F1 speed, that is kind of bad, but buddy, if that happens at an Indy 500 time trial, ooh, buddy. <laughs> you're gonna be, like, wishing you were Sebastian Bourdais at that point. Right. <laughs> it's not pretty. And, um, there was a lot of, um, sketchy midfield driving tactics in this <laughs> race, to we say had, the least. We had... Kevin Magnussen versus Fernando Alonso. We had Felipe Massa versus Esteban Ocon. We had um, whatever it was Jolian Palmer was doing. And then Jolian Palmer versus Kevin Magnussen. When I, like another classic Alonso radio moment. Hulkenberg was right about this guy. How the fuck, how in the world did <laughs> Kevin Magnussen suddenly become like, how, how did he suddenly like find this mean streak? I don't know. Where is like, this coming from? It, it's, he's coming from losing his goddamn job. <sighs> like, like, let, like, let's not branch out too far here with this one. Like, Jolian is clearly just taking his frustration out on everybody. <laughs> like, this is how it's going to be. And uh, Esteban Ocon was in the wars. I mean, he had a spin when he, when he was dealing with Kevin Magnussen, and he was ran off the road by Felipe Massa earlier in the race as well. That wasn't so fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this nearly threatened the streak, which is now up to 52 consecutive single-seater races finished. And I want to see how far he is on the Chilton meter. The Chilton meter? Mm. Yeah. Yep, he's uh, he's chasing Chilton's uh, record for the most re- most consecutive finishes to start a Formula 1 career. Esteban Ocon, it's your lucky day. You have now finished. Um, you have now finished 24 consecutive Grand Prix starts. How many did Matt Shilton finish at the start of his career? He was at... 25. Y'all, 
Esteban Ocon can break the record at Coda, baby. <laughs> Chilton can be in attendance. Oh, no. Like, like RJ, you're setting yourself up for one hell of a jinx here. I'm, 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 I'm oh, no. just what saying. Did, what did I do? Why did I research? Um, we're, we're not like, supposed to fact check. King, may the record show I tried to tell him. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be first lap, first corner, Tsuka, is it? God damn it! Something like that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Y'all, this is a... Uh, this was a pretty decent Malaysian Grand Prix. It wasn't, like, the best, but it was still okay. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a decent send-off. It was bang average. Um, sorry, it just was. Um... <laughs> Like, I hate to be that guy, but the only real difference in between that and most other races this season was that the leading car was purple and not silver. Um, <laughs> it was okay. Uh, that's as far as I will go. Like, I don't even want to get into the fact that Kevin Magnussen defended like a pillock again. <laughs> like, trying to run Fernando Alonso off the road. and uh, like, like, on behalf of the internet, can we please stop caping for Kevin Magnussen now? Like... I know we all like memes, <laughs> and I know we all like K-Mag, but like, can we stop having to stop like weaving every two seconds and running people into the grass? And then acting surprised when Fernando Alonso says Hulkenberg was right. <laughs> like, like I like. I but side note: I love that Fernando had that sudden epiphany while driving a car at two hundred miles an hour. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like the light bulb just goes. It's like, yeah, Hulkenberg was right about you. You are a pillar. Um, <laughs> which I think I that's more to do with, like, he knows that's going to get broadcasted. <laughs> like, he, he knows <laughs> if if he's hilarious in any way, shape, or form, it's got to be broadcasted. Yes, because at this point, Fernando Alonso is basically a meme. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... Hey, now, hey now thir- a score of 13 to 10, you know, that's, that's a very good NFL score in London. <laughs> Don't talk to me about that London game, which I actually sat through and watched. Let's let mm. can we can we not please like sigh sigh. Thirteen to ten is also the margin of points between Stoffel Van Dorn and Fernando Alonso, with Van Dorn now in the lead on behalf of a pretty good Malaysia Grand Prix. Stoffel Van Dorn's really coming into it, y'all. Yeah, somehow, yeah. somehow he's able to make the season a stoppable season. We King, we we already saw this coming last year. Like, <laughs> it, it, isn't it wonderful to be seeing stoppable season appear in front of our very eyes? It's beautiful. Yes, I am delighted for our delicious Belgian waffle. Um, <laughs> seventh place, back to back seventh places for Stoffel. Great drive from him was definitely worth mentioning. I mean, as as I mentioned, okay, this this was actually you know kind of tame by Malaysia standards, and as you probably were well aware, this 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 was the final Malaysian Grand Prix as we know it. Um, some say it might be coming back soon still, but uh, by the nah, sounds, it ain't of it, coming back. It ain't coming back. Yeah, I think we've lost. I think we've lost them to bike racing, yo. Just 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 throwing that out there. But hey, you know. Malaysia is, is is done after 19 years on the F1 calendar, and um, guys, let's, 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 let's have a chat. What are some of your favorite Malaysian GP moments? Why don't we talk oh. about the one that Formula One put up in full, the 2001 Malaysia Grand Prix? Let's talk about that for a second. Now, King, I know you hadn't watched this just yet. I actually. What is wrong with you? Full yeah, I still haven't rewatched it yet. 
You only have, as of this moment, like a couple weeks before somebody inevitably downloads the video and reposts it onto their channel, like en masse. Um, oh, let's just say I have, uh, I have access to the to the YouTube page if it said were to go down, but that's hmm. yeah. So in, in other words, are you saying you, you got this via totally legal sources, King? Uh, no comment. Absolutely <laughs> no comment. He cannot confirm or deny these allegations. Um, yeah. But if, yeah. You, if you haven't seen it, this is the race where the heavens suddenly opened up. McLaren were looking like a shoe-in to win the race after, after morning warm-up, and then they kind of just pooped the bed. Michael Schumacher lost a minute in the pits, and he still won it by about a minute. Yeah, it's it was a uh, boom boom. It was oh, oh, chaos! It was chaos incarnate. Yeah, and that also, was a monsoon. <laughs> also, arguably the best performance of Yas Verstappen's um, career as a driver when he took an absolute dog shit Aero's Asia Tech up to as high as second place. Before yeah, ultimately still, finishing seventh, I still don't did, quite know how he pulled that off. <laughs> like if he if he had drove it if he had driven like that for like the the balance of his career, like we wouldn't be talking about Yas Verstappen as one of the greatest waste of potential at the Formula One level. Yeah, very much true. I mean, that two thousand and one race was crazy, and like it's like. Oh, I've watched the first half of it back. I didn't have time to watch it back in full, but I do remember the race very well originally anyway, and the second half is still kind of forgettable. But, like, it was on ITV, Coach, and ITV was hosting the World Feed back then. And, like, Murray Walker's on commentary, which, is, of course, is gold, because, you know, Murray Walker is Murray Walker. But also they had Louise Goodman in the pits, and Louise Goodman said, just to make it more interesting, guys, it started to rain. Ten seconds later... <laughs> Both Ferraris on on the gravel. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> three cars spin off at the same corner, all in unison. I think it was like Heidfeld, then Enrique Bernaldi. Oh, poor Enrique Bernaldi, the oddball of the two thousand one. Like, did F one team just not have access to weather radars during this point in time? King, I have never seen like a sudden downpour that thick that quickly. That was ridiculous that's what she said <laughs> deactivate go away leave the show never come back <laughs> what okay, is wrong with you <laughs> Kimi Raikkonen was a non-competitive non-factor so just like 2017 uh Fernando Alonso had no chance of scoring points again just like 2017 what um, else is new what else is new um golly um Mm. Man, that was a good race. Y'all, I remember the tire wars, y'all, and they were, like, so pumped to see, like, Ralph Schumacher and the, Mer- and the Michelin-clad Williams just eating up the track. Really? Yeah, that was fun. Before, you know, or the, the start where he got love-tapped by Rubens Barrichello on the opening corner. But where that sort of thing was actually okay. It's like, hey, uh, just, just just give him a little nudge, a little scoop, like you're kissing your sister, boff, and there goes Ralph spinning around. <laughs> that was racing. Roman is racing, yo! <laughs> Roman is racing. That's how, they, that's how they did it back in the old days. <laughs> you just give him a little nudge on the rear, on the rear wheel and hope he goes round. And then next thing you know, there goes Ralph. 
Uh, so a yeah, two. En- a Honda engine blows up spectacularly in the first couple laps. Yep, yes. this, this also checks out. Yeah, yeah, that that was a thing. And um, oh yeah, there's one more element of this race that we have to remember, King. The legendary, the magnificent, the perfect Bridgestone intermediate tire. <laughs> the work of the gods. <laughs> The, the most uh, that's part of the reason why Schumacher was the king of the wet race because they had he had the Bridgestone intermediates <laughs> like they they should put like king why don't we have a spot for that in the F1 Hall of Fame I don't know <laughs> I don't know because that tire like they, they they should build houses out of that tire it's legendary <laughs> like the, like. Like any water that comes out will just bounce right off of it. It's great. It's almost like it was literally waterproof. If you want to build the perfect, co- if you want to build the perfect contraceptive, <laughs> if you want to build a perfect America's Cup yacht, <laughs> you nerd king. <laughs> hey, you can- Adrian Newey, get on it. Hey man, think of the money. Think of the money you'll make. <laughs> Think of the Aston Martin collaboration. You got this, fam. <laughs> you got this. 2001 it is still available on YouTube as we speak. I think by the time this goes out, there'll be about, I think, 10, 11 days left on that before it gets uh, inevitably taken down and then re-uploaded again by somebody else in, like, 10 separate parts because they've probably already got a violation. They're only allowed to upload 15-minute videos on YouTube. Hey! <laughs> Fun times. Um, some other ones I want to mention in there, King, like 2003, you know, Kimi Raikkonen's first Grand Prix win, yeah. you know, Fernando Alonso becomes F1's youngest podium sitter at the time, fun times. Who remembers 2012? <laughs> oh. Do, oh you, do you remember 2012? <laughs> yes, I do. I remember, I remember just thinking like, man, I don't know who I want to win this race because this Perez kid is Good, but Alonso was killing it in a crap car. Um, no, 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 no. I'm not having this. Like the biggest urban myth in Formula One history, the 2012 Ferrari was not piss poor. I don't care what anyone tells me. Any car that wins four Grand Prix in a season is not crummy. RJ, I will fight you again. <laughs> I, I'm I will ready not... to catch all these hands. <laughs> Step outside, bro. We're fighting Jersey style. Maybe <laughs> in <me being> Temecula. <laughs> no, I'm loving this. The rise of Sergio Perez, uh, indeed, when he finished in second and very nearly won that Grand Prix. And now I, I still remember me tweeting exactly, give him Felipe Massa's seat like now, please. It's, it's, truer words are rarely spoken. <laughs> on, the, on the other end of the spectrum, Dre, do you remember 2013? Oh, I do. <laughs> one of the one of the few times where people were where people who were adamant that team orders are bad and have no place in Formula One, and all of a sudden we had people just caping for team orders like they were the best thing ever. Because yeah, it would have uh, benefited the guy they wanted to win. It's almost like our our objective interests, our objective feelings about the sport are affected by our subjective interests in the sport as well. Who would have ever guessed? I remember I was the only guy on, on F1 Twitter back then that was saying, wait, so you guys are saying that team orders are bad, right? But if the guy breaks team orders, he's bad too. You people are idiots. <laughs> what is and wrong with you guys? We, we should also, lest we forget, there was another team that 
use team orders during that race. Yeah, nobody talks about Mercedes <laughs> and the fact they basically made Nico Rosberg finish in fourth behind Lewis Hamilton for no goddamn reason at all, right? Like, I, I, I specifically remember, King, right, that Rosberg was pulling into Park Ferme in his fourth place finish as Lewis Hamilton was celebrating his first Mercedes podium, right? And I distinctly remember him saying, guys, you owe me one. <laughs> that one never came. Yeah, it never came. I was fucking pissed. I don't know. I don't know. It eventually came. It was about a three-year payoff. but it came. <laughs> Three-year payoff. That's some long-term booking. You, you, you mean somebody accidentally but very accurately left a wrench in Hamilton's gearbox at Sepang in 2016? Maybe? <laughs> so, someone. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Banana in the tailpipe from Paddy Lowe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just, just, just throwing that out there, yo. This... This week on, on, on F1 Unsolved. <laughs> oh my god. What, are we BuzzFeed now? Hey, hey. It, but Listen, I will happily watch BuzzFeed purely for the sake of worth it, okay? That is true. That is true. See? See? Like, I, 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 I actually just admit that I watch BuzzFeed's content on a podcast. Like... Half of the people listening to the show are just disgusted of me right now. I can tell already. Yeah, we're, we're like, just getting everyone to tune out this episode. Like, yeah, like, we threw, like, we threw we, Lance Stroll under the bus. We, yeah, we, we, we've dissed Canada. We've dissed Canada. We've dissed Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> like, we're, we, we're done. We, we voiced our support of BuzzFeed. We are done. <laughs> <laughs> we are so done. We are being replaced next week by like Zoe Hamilton, Matt, and Chris Cook waxing lyrical over Valtteri Bottas with one hand in his underpants. Oh um, it's been fun, yo. We had a good run. <laughs> we had a good um, run. We're over to C5 now. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're gonna record from a cardboard box somewhere cardboard in box. south in south london it's gonna be great also i have to mention as well 2009 and the greatest monsoon ever seen in formula oh, one jesus half points y'all and half also, points and also the origin story of two of f1's most long-standing memes one of them being Rob Smedley's message to his driver, Felipe, baby, stay cool. And yes. the other, Kimmy Raikkonen, fetching an ice cream bar out of the fridge. <laughs> because who doesn't love a good magnum, right? <laughs> King sound effect there was perfect. <laughs> it's his worth it winner. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's 2009 and half points and yet yeah, Jensen Button winning everything on God's green earth. This is, wasn't this back in the days when like Malaysia was still like right at the top of the calendar? It was, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it was yeah. right after Australia. I miss those days. I, I like playing the F1 career mode games. I actually love driving around Malaysia and I don't like having to wait till like round 15 to get to Malaysia now. It's not fun. Put it back at round two where it belongs, damn it. Well, uh, well, Dre. Back the- <laughs> yeah, like, but <laughs> you're not going to have that problem anymore. Shut up, King. I'm going to miss Malaysia, okay? Like, on a serious note, like, thank you for Malaysia for the last 19 years. Like we've mentioned it, the track has produced many a classic, probably more than many other circuits in F1 has over the last two decades. Though, and I'm gonna miss it. There is one person I do need to throw under the bus. Uh oh. The 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 former Sky. Well, he still is a Sky employee, but he also thought you worked at Sky too. So. Oh no! Not 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 him. Anyone but him. Yes, yes. The the former world champion said that. Um, 
Well, to paraphrase, he said Malaysia would probably be on the calendar if it was in England, and uh, it didn't deserve to be in that country because of the low turnout. Wow. <laughs> Interesting comments there from Damon. Um, was he basically throwing Silverstone under the bus? Uh, well, he was throwing the, the nation of Malaysia under the bus. It's like, um, yeah. Like, I think there's no nice way of saying, God damn you, why are you into bikes more in that part of the world? God damn you for taking away our precious F1 circuit. Which I say, more for Sepang and watch their MotoGP race during October. It's fun, yo. Thumbs up. <laughs> Best mode of GP season ever. But, um, yeah. Please it's, it's, listen it's... to Bike Live on the Motorsport 101 network. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get it. You get it with your Patreon backing. Yes, you do. And, uh, well, it's going to be a little bit late. It's going to come out on Sunday this week because, um, work commitments. But, hey, we'll talk about, you know, World Superbikes. As Jonathan Ray became a triple world champion. The first time ever that a world superbike champion has won three years in a row because Jonathan Ray is ridiculous, yo. <laughs> he just is. He's just oh that freaking God. good. Um, yeah. You like, know what's so, even more ridiculous? What's it's that? running Jonathan Ray on a mid-tier factory team. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Woo! You get to restart your career on on legend mode. On <laughs> legend mode. The, 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 the Ben Spee's path to career choice. You, you, you mean like the difficulty that King's too chicken to play on F1 2017? Oh my god, Dre, oh, get over it. Oh, 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 of all the people damn. to complain. Listen, it's not my fault I can play at 101, bro. What, where you at, King? Where you at? I will rate 1v1 me, fam, on Ross. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah listen to bike live this week later this week as well we'll talk about jonathan ray and walter bikes in magni core the sad news of keenan safogalu's injury putting them out of the super sport championship and the second round of the showdown the last in is uh we had two races and the still with ginter's homecoming came home to roost yes hashtag still with ginter's more of that and more on bike live later this week but uh yeah cheers malaysia it's been fun, and um, we hope you come back someday, as unlikely as that probably is. Though you set some really unhealthy trends that we don't like to think about. Like walking. Uh, <laughs> they were the the first of the of the newly overseas races in 99, which led to eventually us going to China and Bahrain. And, well, Singapore has, has been a good, and Abu Dhabi, and Turkey, and To be Korea. fair, China's, China's been underrated. <laughs> And I Korea. think China's underrated. And Korea, and India, <laughs> like, like. King, you, King, that's just not fair. We're not pinning this all on Malaysia. It's just, you know, it was a sacrificial, la- it was a martyr for the flyaway round. <laughs> it was a martyr. Malaysia was good. China was good. You know. There's a reason there was a massive gap between, like, F1 starting to go to new countries, between Hungary and Malaysia. Like, it was, like, a good, like, 15 to 20 years where F1's like, we're we're good. We're good. We don't need to go to new places. And then they're like, Petronas is like, but um, we're willing to pay a, a lot of money if you, you know, come over here. 
You like these blue and teal Red Bull Sauvers, do ya? <laughs> In fairness, those cars were absolutely dope. And I and I love some of the new destinations that we go to. Maybe not so much the, the maybe not not so much the you know the way that things are run in these countries, but you know you could also say that the, yeah, but you can also say that about the United States in some respects. So some. <laughs> and on hey, that uh, bombshell, it's time. Oh, do we have to talk about the other thing on that some list? Which one driver let his opinions be known? Go on, King. About it's kind of throwback to our Human 101 last week about how Lewis Hamilton supports what is going on in the NFL and kind of hinted at maybe in Austin he would think about doing it. Lewis, Lewis, I'm, I'm like as 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 a fellow brother from <laughs> from the from the United Kingdom, I'm going to give you a sagely piece of advice: don't do it. <laughs> the knee. The knee has been worn to death and it's been hijacked by the NFL ownership. Don't take a knee. It's pointless. Seriously, don't like, do it. Like, of all the people who do it, don't be Lewis. Like, maybe maybe if, if Haas F1 decided to do it, they could do it because they're an American team. But Lewis, you're just going to cause so many yeah. issues. You don't want to deal with that. It's, it's not even... It's not even his national anthem to protest, although you can make the argument that Lewis Hamilton is the most American driver. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> he makes Joseph Newgarden blush in terms of patriotism. And he came out of it to lift the Astor Cup with an, draped in an American flag of America. <laughs> don't do it, Lewis. Lewis, it's not worth it, bro. You don't want these problems. Like you, you I mean, don't want to be. You don't want to be talk. You don't want to become a talking point on Fox News. Let's just be honest. No, nobody wants that life. <laughs> you don't want Megan Kelly take painting painting stories about your casual racism now, do you? You don't want this, Lewis. You don't want these problems. Don't do it, bruh. Leave. Should we know that? I put, the, I put the correction in now before we get any angry comments. Yes, we all know Megan Kelly is no longer part of Fox News. <laughs> Thanks, King. Much appreciated. <laughs> See, King, King runs our clarifications and corrections department. Does a very good job of it. <laughs> what did we miss, Sat Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I could get Tony Riali on this podcast, I would seriously. <laughs> but, um, shall we? Shall we segue quite beautifully into the news, fellas? Yes, we have a lot of news that is controversial, but not politically. <laughs> Fun times, yo. Let's get into the news. Important IndyCar news today involving two of the greatest young talents to come from America. Alexander Rossi and Connor Daly. It looks like they're going to be contestants on the new season of CBS's The Amazing Race. Ah, IndyCar is back on reality television. We got Ari Jr. on The Bachelor. We got we got team former once once upon a time greatest American F one hopefuls back together to do a race around the globe. 
Yeah, like, I, I know the show has fallen off its golden days, but let me be clear. The Amazing Race is miles better than The Bachelor. I, I, I can't pass comments on this for obvious reasons. <laughs> okay, I will well, take your word well, for The it. Amazing Race is a reality game show where 11 teams of two race around the world. Sounds fun. Yes, yes. And at the end of, well, not the end of every leg. They kind of keep it random to keep you on your toes. But at the end of about every other leg, they eliminate a team until there are two left for the final leg. And first one to the finish wins, you know, usual race fodder. Uh, don't know much about the route this year, but it's been confirmed that the first leg of this year's Amazing Race was started from here in New York City and ended in Reykjavik, Iceland. Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> yes, yes. As in any race around the world is. Just the concept of the Amazing Race is awesome. I only uh, know the Amazing Race from one thing. And that's the uh, gif uh, uh. from very early in the show's days. Of, <laughs> there are these two, there's these two TV saleswomen who are part of a team. And they're, uh, they're launching watermelons out of a catapult. Uh, trying to hit some targets. At one time... One of those ladies just pulls back the catapult as far as they can jump. It's like clanking this back. And then all of a sudden, it launches out, but then the watermelon actually comes back and slaps her right in the face of cold force. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is the perfect analogy for Connor Daly's 2017 season. There <laughs> were. There were such high hopes. We were ready to just launch his career out to the stratosphere and then splat watermelon <laughs> right to the face. Also, that looked like... Honestly, that, that clip is still hilarious to this day for what it's worth. And second of all, good lord, that looked like it really hurt. <laughs> I mean, when people tell you that a watermelon has roughly the same consistency as a human head, like, good lord. Um... Whew. But it should also be noted there are also other famous contestants in this season of The Amazing Race, where they have uh, two contestants from American Ninja Warrior. They have two former Ooh. NBA players. They have Sean Merriman and Cedric uh, Cerebellos. And, uh, oh, lights out. And they have two competitive eaters, Tim Janus and uh, Joey Chestnut. Oh, Jules. <laughs> oh, those- Yes. So, like, I think the Amazing Race is, like, they're sitting out for this. They want this to be their comeback year of the Amazing Race. See, we, we, we got to bleed off the IndyCar community to make this happen. I'm here for it. Yeah, just all the communities. Getting, like, all the, like, the, the NBA diehards involved. Getting, like, just trying to just get all the fandoms that they can involved. There's also, like, two former contestants on uh, the American version of Big Brother as a team, too. Oh, for, so like these guys are doing like it's like it's like Great Britain and people just do the reality TV circuits at this point. It's like okay, I got famous off the X Factor. I'm gonna go and go and then I'm gonna head to the jungle next year. Well, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Great. Well, on the list, I do love it. Says Indianapolis 500 winner Alex Rossi. Dot 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 and race car driver Connor Daly. <laughs> it, it starts him with the stars all over again when it was like Alexander Lazarus Rossi GP alum Connor Daly oh, it's like Alexander Rossi IndyCar driver and, and James's friend, <laughs> James's friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That's, that's going to be my new nickname for Connor Daly going forward. James's friend, Connor Daly. <laughs> Just like, you're, you're, you're in the series too? Yeah, I'm in the series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Connor Daly. I'm the, I'm, I'm the vegan guy. Yeah. <laughs> because as Lewis Hamilton has proven, once you go vegan, you have to tell everybody you're vegan. <laughs> that's the rules. <laughs> so... You know, I, I King, I expect American Ra- Amazing Race updates every week on the podcast once the show goes out. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you'll get you'll get your updates. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll have we'll have the Amazing Race Motorsport One Hundred and One segment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. We're here for this. We didn't get one with Hinchcliffe, so we're taking our game to the next level here. <laughs> yeah, we're got This is your this is your IndyCar off-season content. Also. Also, you know, um, Trevor Carlin's got a car. Who's going to drive it? Is it going to be Matt Chilton? Is well, it it's, it's, it's not confirmed that he's running the car part of the team. It's been confirmed that he's purchased a DW12 from Delara. What's he going to do? Put it in his back garden? I don't know. I don't know. Demo runs. <laughs> demo, demo demo. Runs. We're not an IndyCar team, but we're doing IndyCar demo runs. <laughs> Yeah, just just to do it, you know. Why not, right? <laughs> so yeah, Trevor Carlin's bought a car, which is funny because I'm like like Jose and put in our um our, uh, our Discord server. Um, it's like, when's the next IndyCar City season update, and when? <laughs> and I'm like, we don't know. Yeah, because oh. there's there's nothing much to talk about, other than just speculation, just speculation. Yeah, like, um, more speculation about potential seats will happen. Apparently, I think, didn't you say, RJ, that Foyt's revealing, like, their 14 car driver, like, this yeah, week? They're they're announcing that, they're announcing the driver car number 14 sometime this week. It's more than likely going to be Tony Kanaan. Yeah, because it can't be Connor Daly, because he would not be able to appear at any announcement. Exactly, <laughs> so it has to be... No, Carlos! <laughs> No. Yeah, it's either Carlos or Tony, and mm, looking like it's Tony. King, oh, hold buddy. me. Oh no! <laughs> Sad times. But we love Carlos and his little minion shirt. But there's still, you know, the the circulating rumor that Andretti might run a fifth car full time next year. So there's always hope. What, so another car for theirs can fail for half the season? I I don't know what they're doing. It's a it's another car for Fernando Alonso. <laughs> oh, Jay, you're about to you're, you're about to catch it, these hands. Because yeah. if because if Zoe isn't here to say it, somebody needs to. No, no, we don't need to see this. No, no. tell him to beat his Belgian waffle first, then we can talk about IndyCar seats. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. <laughs> I will not stand for this. Do you... And Zoe, I know you're listening to this show, yeah? If you try and wind me up about Alonso one more time, I will get on the train to Glasgow and fight you. <laughs> no. I'm having none of this shit. Stop the Alonso bandwagon crap. I'm had enough. Even though Alonso confirmed that if he does race in Formula 1 next year, he's not doing the 500, so... Yeah, it's. Oh, damn it! Ha! Yeah, he, he's already. Yeah, he's already confirmed that if he stays in F one, it's either one or the other. So yeah, good. I hope he finishes eleventh in Monaco just to troll people. Excellent. This is great blessed news right here. <laughs> Eat it, RJ. Eat it. You all hate fun. 
Let's talk about things that are actually fun. Let's talk about Penske bringing, uh, bringing a car to race the IMSA season finale at Road Atlanta, the Petit Le Mans that, this weekend, which I'll be at. Who are the drivers Yay! that Team Penske are bringing as a soft launch for their new active DPI program? Everyone! <laughs> yeah, this is like, in terms of a soft launch, like, this is the hardest soft launch I've ever seen. This is not soft in any capacity. <laughs> They're bringing friggin' Helio Castroneves, Simon Pagano, and Juan Pablo Montoya. Holy shit! <laughs> it's God. Uh, uh, my literal tweets when I saw this was, Filth! Not safe for work! If, if I was Jordan Taylor, I'd be in the fetal position, like, cradling Fonzie in my arms, be like, why, that God? Uh, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't. Well, and yeah, because he's in a Cadillac, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you forget this is Wayne Taylor Racing King. Like, they own everything. <laughs> they own our souls. Yeah, dad has two sons and a third-row nuclear weapon built in Detroit. Yeah, and, um, yeah, like, Jordan Taylor owns our hearts. <laughs> so, you know, we can't have him lose. He's too He's too lovely and funny and stuff. <laughs> you know how annoying that is? <laughs> <laughs> Guy that runs completely dominant team is also arguably most charismatic and funny driver in all of motorsport. God damn him! <laughs> Who else have we got in this Petit Lamar field? Uh, we got... Brendan Hartley, potential IndyCar candidate. We have, of course, the Taylor brothers. And they're joined by Ryan Hunter Ray. They got Ryan Hunter Ray in that car this weekend, y'all. For Rebellion fuck's Racing. sake! Yeah, Nick, Nick Heidfeld, he's going to be driving for Rebellion Racing, along with America's Gustavo Menezes, Pipo Durrani, Bruno Senna. They're going to be in the same tequila patronismo. Mike Conway's in this field, y'all. Conweezy! We got, we got, we got a good GT field. Um, we have Borde is back, and so is Scoot. Scoot Dixon and Borde are going to be in the Fords. Did, did anybody see his Instagram story the other day? Side on a side note. Uh, no, no, I didn't. Like Zoe sent me a picture, and um, I wish I could send it to you guys because it's because she sent it to me via text message. Um... Let's just say Scott was doing the thing that KSI got banned from Eurogamer for a few years ago. <laughs> but was it his wife, though? Thankfully, it was his <laughs> wife. <laughs> Let's just say boats were motorized. <laughs> At Oktoberfest. And, uh, and like, in, I almost want... Is this, a, is this a bad way to segue into the fact that Catherine Lagg and Christina Nielsen are also... Oh, God, no, I was race. about to... <laughs> no! No! <laughs> let, let, before we get to them, let's mention my, my favorite team in any field. Corvette Racing is going to field Mike Rockefeller and Marcel Fassler in two of their cars. Ooh, Fassler, nice. <laughs> oh, also, like... At this point, we might as well just stop the podcast now because nobody else is listening to us. RJ is like, oh, burn the final bridge. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, RJ. Way to go. I <laughs> was also in this thing, and so was Sage Karam, but not Sean Rahal. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what do you mean we can't have another Rahal versus Karam fight? They're the best kind of fights. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, Sean, if you if you want if you want to show up, there's a, there's an empty seat in one of these uh, prototype challenge drives. This is also the last race for the prototype challenge category. You know, for better or for worse, yeah. there's only three cards in it. But. Just like just, just, if, just, if, if you're not like busy, like night. Right, right after race, we could just head over to Waffle House. Like, I'm pretty sure it's Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> Square we, no, up. No, King, we all know that all the best street MMA fights happen at Denny's. We all know that. <laughs> what it happens at, it happens in the lobby in a Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Like... like I was just going to say, like, Sean, if you want to show up and just start searching all the trash cans on the venue, then I'm sure you'll get there eventually. <laughs> oh, dear. So, any other captivating names in the lineup, Mr. O'Connell? Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and post the uh, the the full entry list is on the uh, the IMSA website. Um, but it is a very good entry list of a grand total of 39 entries with 17 in GT Daytona, 9 in GTLM, 3 in Prototype Challenge, and 10 in the main Prototype category. It is this Saturday. Um, starts around, like, I want to say noon-ish. I'm not entirely sure. I'll be there. And then I'm going to do the entirely masochistic thing of getting, like, four hours of sleep because then I got a Super GT race to cover that very same night. And also in, in in big race weekends, I'm pretty sure the Bathurst 1000 is this weekend. Bathurst, baby! Oh, Jesus God, Bathurst. Like the one time where all the V8 supercar fans pipe up and say, Dre, why aren't you watching V8 supercars? <laughs> <laughs> they're not V8 super. They're just Australian supercars now. Yeah, they're just supercars because they're not all V8s. You knew what I meant. Stop being that guy right now. Yeah, what I'm guys, being that, that guy, guys. so our comments aren't filled with those guys. <laughs> How you very mean, meta. You mean you, you mean you don't you don't want to see you y'all don't want to see um, another you don't want to see Simona de Silvestro chucking around the mountain. Yeah, that's that's the only person <clears throat> that's the only person I watched that race for. <laughs> You don't. You don't want to see. You don't want to see Nick Percat, a man who has two cat puns in his name. Okay, and uh, uh, on Road Atlanta's schedule, the race is scheduled to start at eleven oh five a.m., so an hour before noon. Thank you. I didn't actually know this, and I have a ticket to the race. <laughs> would have that would have been very embarrassing if I've forgotten that. Hashtag <laughs> hashtag planning for Mister O'Connell. <laughs> Yeah, planning what? is not my strong suit. No, it is not, to be fair, it is, to be it is fair, none of our either. strong suit. No, 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 none, of this, none of this. None of this is planned. No. Um, no. NASCAR happened. Ooh, the chase! The first elimination race of the chase at my, well, second home track, Dover. We can we can talk about NASCAR and not a contest about its shitty politics. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, if you have to call it on this for 101, a break. <laughs> Go on, RJ. Tell us about NASCAR. Kyle Busch won, for better or for worse. And he took uh. Chase Elliott on the last lap, which made me so sad because Chase Elliott had gotten so close. But Again. They're still, they're still moving on to the next round of the playoffs. Um, but if you're but if you're in the camp of uh, if you're in the camp of supporting Austin Dillon. Case Kane, Ryan Newman, and Daytona 500 winner Kurt Busch. 
Um, your season is effectively over. They are all eliminated from the round of 16, and now we are moving on to the round of 12. Uh, I hope all five of you who are fans of those drivers um, are, are deeply, deeply concerned for their futures, apart from the Bush Brothers, of course, because, um, you know, it's the Bush Brothers. <laughs> but uh, You know who's a really big fan of Ryan Newman? Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon. <laughs> yes, Jeff Gordon. <laughs> That's Petit Le Mans winner. That's a, that is a Daytona 24-hour winner, Jeff Gordon. Yes. Petit Le Mans commentator for Fox Sports, which means it's not going to be on IMSA Radio, and that's going to be a shame. Um, but, yeah, nice. Jeff Gordon and Ryan Newman got into a got into a verbal spat. That was funny. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I love that, like, Ryan Newman said, you said it as a smart ass. <laughs> it's like, and Gorn's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's just, it, like, even as an argument, it was basically handbags at 10 paces. It was, it was great. Oh just, just, just the sheer level, of, like, like it was Danica Patrick levels of, of petty when it came to those two just, like, arguing with each other about stuff. It's <laughs> It's fun times, though. I love. Like, to be fair, I know Ryan Newman likes a good Barney, so that that was fun. <laughs> oh boy! So let's talk a little bit about Formula E as well, guys, because Formula E started testing today in Valencia. Yay! Hey, it's it's testing. It's te- it's it's the same with any series. It is testing. But Formula E testing is different because this is always this for some reason we're in se- we're entering season four and it always feels just like there is a, an effect of who in the hell is going to turn up for this test? Yeah, that, there's that. There's that. Well, let's see. Let's uh, just update you on some of the uh, some of the silly season happenings. Um, John Eric Verne has a new teammate, and it's Andre the Giant, baby. Andre's here. Andre, Andre Lauder has a seat. Andre Lauder has a seat at Tachita. Um, you know, Andre Lauder once said that you know Formula E wasn't his deal, and then he lost two LMP1 drives in the span of two years, which is really a shame because Andre Lauder deserves better. Matter of fact, Andre deserve, has been deserving better for 15 years. And he's a goddamn racing legend. Um, hmm. Audi just bought up all of the apt teams. So it is now all Audi everything. And Daniel Apt is now an official Audi factory driver. Yeah. But like, RIP Mango livery. <laughs> RIP Mango. That's oh, sad. I, I, I liked the racing Mango. Now we just have like racing patchwork instead. Now, now, what are you going to do with all those Instagram bots, my dude? Um, Neo Look for Form- Daniel Apt? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Neo Formula E team has a new livery, and we're about to, we're, we're starting to see an epidemic of blue and teal becoming the new color and vogue in Formula E. It's a good color combination. I just don't want yeah, to see too much of it. Yeah, the series did it first, and then everyone's like, let's just copy what the championship's doing. Oliver yeah. Turvey is back. And along Yay. with Super, and so is, so is perennial Buxton boy, Luca Diamond Felipe, <laughs> Buxton former, boy, <laughs> for, former IndyCar podium finisher, I might mind you. Yes, you mean um, that guy that finished behind Joseph Newgarden in Toronto that one time? That's true, that is very, yes. very true. Um, Andretti Formula E, they are still looking for a second driver. It's not going to be Robin Friends. 
it's likely going to be either Fuck that. Alex, <laughs> it's either going to be BMW factory driver Alexander Sims or BMW factory driver Tom Blumquist, aka that's the Verstappen beater. Yeah, that's true. Tom Blumquist did finish ahead of Matt Verstappen in the 2014 European F3 Championship. Also, his father, rally legend Stig Blumquist, the inspiration for perhaps the the greatest um, televised fictional racing driver. The Stig of all time. <laughs> that's right, Perry McCarthy. <laughs> of course, the Stig, the Black Stig. <laughs> yeah, yes, and in testing we had. Oliver Turvey on top by just about, yeah, the top three in day one of testing were separated by about 14 one-thousandths of a second. Um, if this holds to form, we're in for another pretty good season of Formula E racing. And even if this doesn't hold, we're still in for quite a bit of banter. Yeah, it, it should also be noted that uh, the teams didn't think testing in Spain was constitutional because um, they did not enjoy the chicane that was on the main straight. So in response, the series for the second day's testing will add a second chicane to the main straight because... <laughs> oh, for God's <laughs> sake! <laughs> Come on! What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we actually doing? Maybe the, dra- the drivers should probably vote on a referendum to emancipate themselves from the Valencia circuit. Yeah, because this, te- this is going—it's going really well in Spain right now, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, the teams didn't th- like the teams wanted to move testing to a circuit that was more representative of a Formula E street circuit, and Valencia was like, "We can do that for you," and they decided to just put a temporary chicane on the main street. Teams were like, "This is still not representative enough," and then the series is like. Um, we know you don't like this chicane, but um, we're just going to... What if we added another chicane? <laughs> another chicane. In other words, these cars are still too goddamn slow. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, like, it's not representative as in they don't want to spend so much time at 100% throttle, which, like, the... like. You know, MotoGP, that main straight of Valencia, you're just like, you're just gunning it down the whole way. Yeah, oh yeah, of course, of course. So, yeah, they don't want to spend that much time at full throttle because there's no straight on the, on the Formula E calendar that's that long. Sigh. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that makes sense. Sad mm, face. Golly. Um, we have, we have many, we have many feelings on motorsport and we know you do too and that's why i want to seamlessly turn this over to the motorsport 101 mailbag yes we we open up the mailbag uh, we have we have questions we you have questions of us and we oh buddy we have we have answers for you um we definitely do so let's go ahead and crack open this bag of post here starting with um, starting with a message from our friend Zoe Hamilton, who asks a serious question after inserting an Alonso thing to annoy Dre. Um, uh. <laughs> with it being five years since we last had it come to the final race of dr- different drivers between different teams for the championship, do you think Seb- Sebastian Vettel can hang on to his championship challenge? No. 
I, I think we're done. I think we're done here. I think I, 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 it would take. I think the only way around this is if Seb runs the table, and like I, I don't think that'll happen either because I think you know Merck still has the fastest car around one lap. I think, I think that's the kicker that not many people are talking about. I think that is a big factor that Merck still has a qualifying advantage over Ferrari at the moment, and I, I think that's what will be the difference maker. Merckx likes to lead from the front. They do not like having to chase from behind. But uh, um, Evan, anyway. Evan at Button MK asks if Liberty Media put up a Japanese, a classic Japanese Grand Prix like Malaysia, which one do you want, and what do you think will win the vote? Um, two thousand five. Yeah, yeah two thousand five. <laughs> I think like, that's a. I think that's a good one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if eighty eight wins it because of Senna's comeback drive in the wet. I don't think they would ever put up a season that'd be that old. They they have the tell they have the entire they have the tapes going back that far. Yeah, they do have the tapes, but I don't I don't think that they would do that. Damn shame. Yeah, it, it it's a bit like it's a bit like picking your franchise quarterback. Like you like you don't like don't argue against picking Aaron Rodgers. You like pick Japan two thousand five. Let's <laughs> let's not let's not think about this. Let's not overcomplicate things. You pick two thousand five because that's one of the best F one races ever. That's true. Remember when Kimi Raikkonen wasn't so middling towards the end of his career? God, that was a good time. Yeah, that was fun. Fun times, yo. Fun times. So yeah, for us, 2005, please. Vagelis Kilomenus at Ross underscore Ver 15. A year ago, you talked about the state of junior formula racing. Since then, things have been said or done. Do you think the situation has been improved? Let's turn it over to King because, uh, King, you've got some spicy deets about... Ooh, um, all them spicy deets. Spicy yeah. deets. <laughs> Yep, uh, I think things have improved greatly because, man oh man, they they wanted to, you know, take a page from MotoGP's book, and by 2019, it's pretty much going to be the same, it's going to be the same thing, where we're going to have International Formula 3, we're going to have Formula 2 and Formula 1, and for the most part, it's probably going to be the same dynamic, where I think Formula 2 is going towards a downward trend, while Formula 3 being put on the Grand Prix calendar, like being put on the Grand Prix, you know, lineup is going to do a lot to improve it. The Formula 3 cars are naturally really close machines. And now that it's going to be not only spec chassis, but spec engine for International Formula 3, you're pretty much wow. going to get a Moto 3 race like every weekend for for, oh, goodness. for, for, for IF3. So. This is pornography right there. You shouldn't be telling us this before the watershed, man. Sounds, Come on. That sounds way too good to be true. And on the other side of things, the current European Championship will cease to exist. And Gerhard Berger has, you know, replied that there's no intention to relaunch the Euro Series as a rival series. So he, you know, citing the the current ongoing issues with DTM, saying that if you're an F3, you pretty much, you don't want to be here right now. Yeah. Get, get 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 the hell up out of here right now for your own benefit, yo. <laughs> At Lot Croton nine one eight, I am three GTR. If you told a fan from two thousand seven about Formula One over the last ten years, what do you think would surprise them the most? Um, that hmm. 
Mercedes has even like Mercedes is back as a factory team in Formula One. That in itself is crazy. Not only that they're back, that they've won like they're back and they've won consecutive championships. Okay, you are I'm... such a Mercs fanboy, dear God, King. That was—I so <laughs> knew you were going to say that. I could have called that one a friggin' mile away. <laughs> Yo, um, I'm, I'm just saying that this uh, this Vettel kid who just popped up to replace Robert Kubica, this kid's going to be good. Also, I know that Spiker is yet again having another owner, but this guy's this guy's got something. <laughs> He's got something. I was going to say, you know that company that makes all that sugar water. Turns out they're actually pretty good at this F1 thing. Yeah, they yeah. they weren't just, you know, just tacked on for a sponsorship deal with Sauber. This is like the real thing this time. You, you mean they did you mean they didn't just have like Star Wars sponsored liveries all day? Honda yeah. shitting the bed is going to be the best thing that ever happens to Jensen Button's career. It's gonna be a bit of a payoff, just you wait and see. Uh you're gonna think this is a huge joke. But the greatest thing that Yas Verstappen has ever done in his career is have a son. <laughs> Wait, Yas Verstappen was supposed to come to Champ Car this year. <laughs> oh, dear God. Make it stop. He's a modestly young, uh, he's a modestly young former F1 driver. Oh, is it over for Jacques Villeneuve just yet? <laughs> is the dream dead? Yes, the dream has died. At Ben21345, do you think Michael Schumacher's 91 race wins record will be broken? Um, Lewis Hamilton's got time, but he's got to just hope that he has more beat-him-down seasons like this. Yeah, if, if it's not Lewis, it's going to be a good 15 years till someone does. I think it's untouchable. I've always said that. Like the the, the the ridiculous consistency to be able to win that much for that long to get to ninety one wins, I think is practically impossible in modern day. Oh, no, the man. rules change every yeah. The, the rules, rules change. change every five years. But the calendar is going to get bigger. The calendar, without a doubt, is going to get bigger. And the sport will be more competitive and more than two cars will win every... Oh. No, I don't think the sport's going to get more competitive. I think the calories get bigger, though. Sigh. Well, we're going to tie this back into something we just talked about from our good friend Marcus Hoare, at Marcus Hoare 1. Following on from Connor Daly and Alex Rossi appearing on The Amazing Race, what driver would you want to see on a reality TV show? Uh, I'm still waiting for that season for keeping up with the Kardashians that Lewis is on. That, that's that that's a gold mine for me. That is the holy grail of racing driver meeting reality TV. Lewis Hamilton being on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. What the fuck is? Why would you want to see that? Because it, it's kind of like seeing the Ball family on WWE Raw. It's kind of like that. Un, no! like the the unmissable train wreck, like that level of entertainment. Sergio no. Marchione on Undercover Boss. <laughs> <laughs> Sergio Marchioti on Undercover Boss. <laughs> oh my god! Like, it's like, Kimmy, we like what you're doing here. Here, I'm gonna write you a check for $50,000. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna write you a tech for two hundred fifty thousand dollars if you never touch anything on our cars again. 
Oh my uh, god. Yeah, that, 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 that's ridiculous. RJ, stop. What is wrong with who, you? Who would, be, who would be the best candidate for, for, for kitchen nightmares? Oh, Fernando Alonso. Easily. <laughs> just because just you, 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 you wait for the moment that he snaps and then all hell just breaks loose. <laughs> bar re- bar John Taffer's bar rescue, but it's for struggling Formula E teams. Oh my god. Extreme yeah. home makeover for McLaren and the McLaren Technology Center. Oh no! Guys, what the fuck? Your your engine has has water has mold in it. <laughs> oh, He's not a good employee. He's a lazy slob. <laughs> Your 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 intake manifolds have been left out of the refrigerator for for at least a week. This has gone bad. <laughs> How does this even run? <laughs> oh jeez. At at Len M four, we're almost done here. This is a this was a big thick sack of mail. So thank you all of our listeners. Yes, us. At Len M four, is Formula One doing enough to engage people all over the world, giving examples such as Southeast Asia preferring bike racing, the Indian Grand Prix being short lived. There's no Grand Prix on the African continent. It's very tough because there are some. I feel like the Indian Grand Prix should have been a success. I mean, India is a India is a big motorsport country, whether or not we want to admit it or not. Um, you know, you know, there's a. No, as they as they say every Tuesday on WWE programming, one point three billion people cannot be wrong. Uh, but you know when you've basically run the track like garbage, and there's a hot a whole lot of ton of a uh, whole lot of political corruption. Yeah, yeah. like it's not they go well. Like a lot of people, including the Chandok family, kind of uh, for they wanted the Indian Grand Prix, but they didn't think it would be around Delhi. They thought it would be in South India, where like most of the racing in India takes place, not in northern India near the capital. It ca- it kind of felt like a cash grab, even to them. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. South Korea probably should have been a hit, but you know they they hedged their bets on just nothing building up around the track like it did in Shanghai. Just gonna have this race track in the middle of nowhere. Remember the original designs that planned was that it was gonna be a city in the middle of this racetrack. Yeah, well, they kind of, you know, built the track and hoped that people would want to develop around the track. But, but then... King, build it and they will come, right? It's a fucking racetrack, Dre. Some <laughs> 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 fucking ra- Who, Dre, if someone said, hey, you want to move next to a racetrack? It's like, yeah, what's the worst that could possibly happen? <laughs> Just play that Singapore video. <laughs> <laughs> You, oh, got, you gotta, you gotta get a strong, you gotta get a strong grassroots level, I think, in order to get any sort of representation in motorsport. Even then, you, know, you just, you just gotta put a little bit more effort in running these daggone see, races. See, as, as much as people hate FIFA, including myself, one of the things that FIFA always ensures they will not host a World Cup in a country that doesn't have a professional soccer league. That is the that is the only reason why the MLS today exists because we needed to have a pro soccer league to get the 94 World Cup. So who's who out here is is out here watching the Qatari National Football uh, Football League sponsored by Neymar and all his back pocket investors? I don't know. Anyone? 
Anyone? But no? like you could say, you could say that requirement by FIFA has turned out to be a good success for like American soccer. Um, wow. I will go ahead and answer this one from Toki Adeoy at Gearhead1902. If you had to add another race to the F1 calendar to replace Malaysia, where would it be and why? Um, let's just keep it, just keep it in the same region. Just put it Chang International Circuit. Get that Thai Grand Prix going. Mm-hmm. That could work. Mm, I don't know. I'm on the fence about Thai Grand Prix with the current, you know, military dictatorship there at the moment. It's like it's not even like it's a long-standing military dictatorship. Like the coup was like three years ago. Oh, wonderful! That's awkward. Wonderful. <laughs> should should be a great fit with the United States <laughs> Grand Prix before it. Sweet. <laughs> Back to back. <laughs> Live repress. Um, ask LIBR Plets. Uh, ask what do you think is the future of Daniel Kvyat? We kind of covered this before. It's uh, it's it's kind of sketchy. He, he might be back for the United States Grand Prix. He might be back for 2018. Um, if Red Bull somehow cannot find a, another driver that's not Pierre Gasly. Um, that's not happening. <laughs> like, like, hey, P- Pierre, we we know you did tremendous in Super Formula this year. You were great during your stint here in in Formula One, but we're gonna go with someone else. Sorry, we're gonna go with um, who's that kid? What's his name? Uh, Neil no, Verhagen. No. Neil Verhagen, you're in. You're in. But <laughs> <laughs> he sponsors the team, Pierre. <laughs> We need to get that, you know, that new, rich American audience. Mm, um, our good friend Henry Chapman, at Chapman17. Following the incident at the end of the Malaysian Grand Prix, in your eyes, what's your most memorable formation cooling down lap crash slash incident? Mm. Ooh, do we... I still remember uh, when... Was that during the formation lap where... Mark Webber had food poisoning in Australia, and he threw up in his helmet. Oh, oh. No, that, was, that was at Fuji, oh, that was and I Fuji. thought that was fake. You thought it was fake. <laughs> Can't say I blame I, him. I, 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 I've listened to the audio clip. It sounds post-produced. <laughs> it it does. Are we it's heading like, into conspiracy territory? It's like it's, it, just, it just goes. It's, it's terrible. I mean, where's the Technicolor yawn that's just spilling out of his helmet? Um, I would, I would, I would throw my hat in the ring here for Abu Dhabi 2010 and Fernando Alonso telling Vitali Petrov he was number one after not moving over for him during their title fight. Oh my god! <laughs> or what about um, <laughs> Romain Grosjean at Brazil? Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> Which, wait, um, wait, 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 which, which, which one is this? Where he's where you spun out on the formation, on the formation lap. lap? Oh, dear God. Yeah, that was that, that was hilarious. Of course, there there were so many... There, of course, um, you can avoid all of this if you just make, like, Formula 4 Southeast Asia and have nobody finish. Oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, okay, like, I, I, I need to make... I've heard about this. Like, I didn't get a... I have not clicked on any links. What the hell happened? Basically... Everybody ran out of fuel too early. All nine what? cars failed to finish the race because they weren't filled up to finish. What? Yeah, and considering was... it being a junior category, there is no refueling. So once they were out there, 
Ooh, they were not making it to the end. <laughs> Just lift and coast, kid. <laughs> lift and lift coast. coast. <laughs> lift and coast. Get, get it in the get it in that purple section on on during your practice session. <laughs> and despite Man. no one finishing, someone did win. <laughs> yes. The safety, the safety car driver. <laughs> no, the driver who completed the most distance won the race. Oh, for God's sake. It, it um, was basically an endurance race. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I wanted, I wanted to save this question for last. Um, James Colances at under, James underscore Colances. Custom F1 calendar. Minimum 15, maximum 20 race. No street circuits. And go. Ooh, God, we we would we would have to do like a special episode for this. This is gonna be like a long. <laughs> well, yeah, you know we do have like like a, a gap in the off season after Japan next week. That is true. That is yeah. true. We have a week off, so I guess maybe that could be that episode. Yes. So James, um, we will put your question in the bin here because in two weeks' time we'll go ahead. And craft up our special custom F1 calendars. We'll, we'll give it some thought. We'll, we will uh, give. We will give. If, if uh, uh, James make this uh, make this a mark out moment, if you get an entire episode named after a mailbag question, you could basically just put it on your CV at this point. <laughs> like, you know, it's quite the accomplishment if you ask me. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we will save that one because I think that is actually kind of interesting. Not only picking the fifteen tracks, the the inevitable fights we will have over picking these fifteen tracks, but also the order of said fifteen. Mm, does, tracks. It, does it mm. have? Does it have to be fifteen? Maybe you want to like fifteen to twenty. You know, fifteen to twenty. So we can bump it up to twenty. Okay, interesting. We will save that for a fortnight's time. So, uh, James, hang on to that one. Hold that thought for a couple of weeks. But, um, guys, I think we're just about done here, aren't we? Well, we got one, one big important story about the future of the Formula One World Championship that is, per- like, it is, it is game-changing. <laughs> Literally oh. game-changing oh, and that we forgot oh, to talk Lord. about. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. What happened? That the chief of the FIA's technical department, Marcin Budkowski, has left the FIA and has been reportedly reportedly signed by Renault. And let's just say, being the head of the technical regulations department, you've seen pretty much the details of every single Formula One car that has ran since he's become head of the department. Put all your damn money on Carlos Sainz to win the title next year. <laughs> Lit. But to get into the details, apparently... <laughs> oh, God. That fight is trying to take me down. <laughs> <laughs> they, saw, they shot a trank into King's neck. <laughs> oh, my God. That is brilliant. <laughs> King, you're still with us. Yeah, I'm still here. The FIA, <laughs> the FIA on Tuesday announced that that Budkowski, uh, he's been put on immediate guarding and leave, where pretty much at the end of calendar year, he's going to be able to 
go to his new employer, which is reportedly Reno. And basically, on Tuesday, Charlie Whiting put out a note to all the teams saying, stop sending Budkowski information or, or questions related to current or future car designs and their relations and regulations. Because pretty much, like, he's compromised. Oh, baby. Yeah, just, just slide me those 2018 regulations. Slide into Budkowski's DMs with those with those, brand, with those brand new concept sketches. Send some nudes with that, yes, sir. All send, those send, send monocoques, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. I can definitely tell you if these violate the regulations or not. Yep, uh, and it, reportedly teams are so angry about Butkowski being free to leave to another team that pretty much, like, it is, like, line item number one on the next strategy group meeting, and they're finding some way to derail this at all costs. Like, for Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull, like, the big team, like, they, like, this is, like, one thing that they're actually unified about. <laughs> Like, wait, wait, like, every team, like, <laughs> every team actually agreed on something here? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, like, they even had, like, an ad hoc meeting between uh, Total Wolf, Christian Horner, Mauricio Riva Bene, Eric Boulier, Patty Lowe, and Bob Fernley of Force India. Uh, Reno was I not, it, yeah, Reno is not is not involved in any of these discussions because they're not a member of the strategy group, funnily enough. <laughs> but yeah, they all got together and like, we need to find a, like, a rule or some way to not let this happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where, <laughs> where it's like, they feel like this is completely unfair. Like, quote from Toto Wolf, I wish Martian well. He's a good guy. If he, if he can move back to a team and make a career, I wouldn't stand in his way. But as an FIA official, if you make the rules and issue technical directives, you cannot negotiate a deal to join a team and within three months join them. There might be a, there might be a potential conflict of interest, which I'm not saying he has, which which I'm not saying in any way abuse. Nay, mother, it is. I know not seems. <laughs> but there should be some kind of ethical policy that we that we follow. We oh, don't great. want a word. Now it's now it's about ethics and and technical design. We do not want him to look compromised in a position when he is heavily when he was heavily involved in rulemaking and on the other side having discussion with teams there needs to be a certain delay oh really right yeah so it's like he would he would join like at the current at the current moment he would join the team January 2018 which means he'd get he'd get, you know, a certain amount of time to affect the design of the 2018 Renault, and obviously it's in-season development from, you know, the start of the season onward. And, like, this is like a big coup for Renault. Like, if Renault can get this done, man. <laughs> that would be Put ridiculous. It. Put it all on signs. <laughs> Look, no love for Nico Hulkenberg out here? Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah, I'm okay with that. But uh, 
yeah, have have fun with that conflict of interest, yo. That's 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 a fun one because you know F one hasn't already got a ton of those already as it is. Yay, fun times. I also wanted to give a shout out because I know we don't talk about sports cars that often, but Felix Sorales won the last race of the Black Pen GT Series season, and that's pretty huge because he's probably the most prolific racing driver from Puerto Rico, a country that has already been through a lot, mm-hmm. basically being ransacked by Hurricane Maria. Um, Felix Sorales winning a race won't, won't fix like a lot of the infrastructure problems that they're going to have there's no food there's no power there probably won't be for months at a time um but it is it is something to, to bring just smiles to faces and that's that's Absolutely. pretty much awesome felix is a good dude and i'm glad that he's having success because he was great in indy lights and that's a good win ah and on that we done yeah go on yeah go on rj close us out you know you're like yeah I get to I get to be feeling for this week. <laughs> I think, I think, I think we might be. I think we might be done. I yeah. think we may have covered everything for once. Yes, sir. All right. Of course, you. Uh, of course, you can always listen to the Motorsport 101 podcast and Bike Live on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. We're at Motorsport101.net. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. We have our personal Twitter accounts. And if you want to back us financially, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Thank you so much for listening in. Um, Andre Harrison, Ryan King, RJ O'Connell. We will see you on the next episode of Motorsport 101. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye and Bye. You are the world champion. That's the first time I've, I've actually never closed out my own podcast. That felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> you called it. I'm sorry. I was like, no, 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 no. That was that was fun. <laughs> that, that was cool. Like, you know, it's cool to have a substitute every once in a while because, you know, fuck my work schedule and shit. <laughs>